Yeah, and he goes, wait, Mike was on TVTL? What was he talking about? <laughs> and oh, I said, God. did you know he robbed banks? <laughs> yeah. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show-turned-podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. We do a weekly recap of the episodes of TBTL that comes out on Mondays, but right now you're tuning in on a Friday where we're going to get you home on your commute with a special guest and a clip that they've chosen. We have a great clip tonight, which I'll tell you about in a moment, but uh, first... Uh, obviously, I can't do this all by myself. So at the controls in the Everett AutoZone Studios, get in the zone. AutoZone <laughs> is my friend for tonight. We'll call her the most perfect 10. We're going to call her C-Wise, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Hello, C-Wise. Hello, and I'm talking into my Me Undies sponsored microphone tonight. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, okay. Uh, me Undies hasn't approached me. I think they've seen me. So they. <laughs> They figured I wouldn't be a great spokesperson. But the reason I'm calling um, the artist formerly known as Christy Seawise tonight <laughs> is because we have a guest tonight, Christy Landefeld from Rochester Hills, Michigan. Hello, Christy. Hello. Uh, Christy has come on tonight to uh, take us to a clip about bad babysitters. Um both Luke and Jen have stories about their bad babysitting and a lot of people wrote in and called in with bad babysitting stories. And it was, it was fairly eye opening for me, uh, <laughs> listening to it today. I didn't remember some of those things. So, uh, it's a really fun clip. Um, after we get to know, uh, Christy, we will play that and then, uh, we'll let you know how to get involved with the show and always with a little housekeeping at the end. Uh, but uh, before I hand Christy over to Seawise, um, let me ask you, uh, Christy, you are a parent, correct? I am. Yes. You have at least uh, a daughter. Do you have any other kids? Yep. Nope. Just one daughter, um, Emmy. She's five. And was the reason this segment appealed to you um, because you have gotten babysitters or considering getting babysitters? What, what was it about this particular clip that that made you uh, uh, put it on your entry? Well, I can completely relate to being a bad babysitter. I did a lot of babysitting <laughs> as a teen. Um, it was my primary source of income from like seventh grade through high mm -hmm. school. Um, so I can see that side of it. And I do have some shameful moments of my own. Mm -hmm. But um, now as a parent, I can't even imagine entrusting a 13 year old to watch my kid. Um, but we do have babysitters frequently, but they happen to be like seniors in high school or college uh, students. Right. And right. no 12 and 13 year olds unless I'm yeah. home. Yeah. So. That, that seems to be a dying thing is trusting a 12 or 13 year old with your kids. That, that doesn't seem to happen as much anymore as it used to. It doesn't. And I, I, there aren't very many 12 year olds I would trust to yeah. walk my dog, like <laughs> much less watch yeah. my kid. Yeah. 12, oh. 12 year old me was a mess. So I, I can only imagine, you know, handing over your kids to a 12 year old, but, um, uh, see wise, I will hand Christy over to you as usual. I will chime in, uh, okay. while you get to know <laughs> Christy. Okay. Uh, so here you go. See wise. Hello. Welcome Christy. 
Hello, Christy or C Wise. Thank you for having me. Um, so you spell your name the correct way. Um, I, are you a Christy? Yeah, exactly. Are you, I am not. You're just I Christy. Am a Christy. Interesting. Just, just Christy. It was my grandmother's maiden name. Oh, so. that's a great story. Yeah. I'm Christina, and my parents did not want me to be called Tina. So they oh, immediately so they, started calling me Christy. Hmm. Well, uh, they also were wise in the way they chose to spell it. Right. Exactly. The right way. <laughs> the right as, way. As I've said, when I get it spelled K-R-I-S-T-I, that I'm not a slutty cheerleader. Yeah. Yes. Or, that's, the, that's the sexy spelling. Right. right there. Or K-R-I-S-T-Y. Yes. Um, no. Also bugs me. They're they just seem a little bit slower, <laughs> not quite as bright. Yeah, their names are actually Crystal, but they go by Christy with the K. Exactly. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> all right, so let's get into your interview. How did you find out about TBTL? Um, through Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, I was a faithful podcast listener of that um, for years, and radio show, and then podcast listener, and um, I think I had heard luke on a particularly funny episode um in 2010 and i decided to check out this um infamous podcast tbtl so i did and i was hooked and what was your first episode um the first episode that i actually listened to was the live at the troubadour um episodes so it was not traditional tbtl and i was completely confused <laughs> but i was also really loving it i mean it had you know uh, guests that i had heard of and you know like mark Marin and stuff on it and i was very intrigued and then i just happened to have down my ipod at the time had downloaded five episodes of it the most recent five mm -hmm. so i listened to the next two after the live shows and i was i was in love it was perfect are those uh, the ones from -wise, those were la right sorry see wise those were the ones in la right the I, live at the troubadour yeah isn't that the one where rob corgi got really drunk and hit on jen yes okay. that is the one okay. <laughs> that, yeah those were the live the in la one mm -hmm. okay those live shows are weird because they go from a ton of inside jokes where the audience is having a lot of participation to mm -hmm. very weird yeah. interviews. Weird only because these people probably have no idea what's going on and they have right. an audience full of people just shouting out drops and mm -hmm. it's, it's probably so surreal for people who've never, I mean, because Rob Corgi had never listened to TBTL before and never did. And you know, so I probably ha has never has. So right. Um, okay, so which episode, if you can recall, turned you into a ten? Um, there are two. There, there's two. There's one where, that actually like hooked me into keep listening, which actually came, I think, immediately after the Troubadour shows, which was when um, Luke and Vanessa got Momo, and yeah. the fact that this dog was now a featured part of the podcast, mm -hmm. which I just thought was so odd and charming. And mm -hmm. I, I just really enjoyed the quirkiness of that. Can, can I say one thing about the Momo uh, mm -hmm. era? 
Um, being a dog owner now myself and knowing something about dogs, it was really interesting to hear Luke try to get through to Momo. Yes. <laughs> and, and Christy, you're a dog person, right? Mm -hmm. I am. Yes. Oh, we yes. both are. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Seawise. Oh. I'll, I'll address you. Also, call you Seawise when I'm addressing you. But okay, so we all have dogs, and we we kind of know how dogs work. And what was appalling to me was when the Momo would be peeing in the house a lot, so they were really trying to get him to go outside and pee. And Luke would go outside with Momo and, and pee in the backyard and pee and pee. And, and that's the opposite of what you need to do that has to be momo's space and there's luke just spraying all over the place this is mine momo mark in his territory yes so then that? that's That'd why momo crazy. would pee on that rug all the time absolutely it was the yes. only it was his you know because luke has outside well i guess right. i got this little rug in right. here this is my place and that dog Although is do, so adorable I, yeah so adorable but I do know parents that have potty trained their children by peeing in the backyard with them. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. that so, as well. It's very bizarre. It is. So really he must weird. have hurt. He, he, I don't know that it works for them either, but <laughs> it's it's a technique. That's one way to go. That's what people say when they completely disagree with you. That's well, that's an option. one way to go. That's, that's one way to go. <laughs> Um, but so I loved, I loved those episodes with Momo and the Thunder shirt. And I can't even look at a Thunder shirt in a pet store without yeah. thinking of that poor terrified dog. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's what kept me yeah. coming the, back. I the guess, Thunder that, shirt like, little... and the litter quitter are my yes. two favorite <laughs> pet items. <laughs> yes, they are fantastic. Although I have never purchased either. But, um, and then I think the one that really hooked me as a 10 was probably actually a, one of the archive episodes. It was the TBTL, why the A team matters or something like that, right. or why mm -hmm. it matters the A team, mm -hmm. which I grew up in the eighties and the A team existed, but it was not something that I was a fan of. And it's something that my husband, who's a few years older than I am, really loved and really appreciated as a child. And I just didn't get it. And after listening to that episode, I was like, I get it now. I can see why it matters. <laughs> and, and I just, their Mr. T impressions and all of that just, mm -hmm. it's just radio genius. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, have you ever been on the show or had something read or um well luke recently um in his last or when he read the names for the donors of the last tbtlathon mm -hmm. he said that i was from rochester minnesota oh. so instead of michigan mm. but um we would never make I that mistake no no <laughs> i don't think i think that's probably i think my name may have been mentioned once oh i was Actually, that's not true. I was with Joe Ellen McCauley when she called into the 1000th show episode. Oh, so, you were at their house? I was at their house. Oh. I was in the background. So I was one of the four of us celebrating in Chicago that night. What's funny so. is I know the other 10 Christy that lives in Chicago. So whenever they tell me who was at their house, I always think that one. And they always say, not that Christy. <laughs> but then have never explained it. So now it's all coming together. Okay. Ah, <laughs> That's see, awesome. I did not know there. 
I did not know there were three of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three tens named Christy. And spelled right. Oh, my. I know. This is fantastic. <laughs> Almost as many as there are Kates. Exactly. Oh, we need our own episode. Oh, we should have our own episode. <laughs> the Christy tens. <laughs> I have a question at this point. Uh, Christy, you started in 2010, and the clip you chose is from 2011. You mentioned that the archived show of the A-Team uh, was one that hooked you. Now, was that when you went back in the archive to look at, or was it something that they replayed? And are you are you someone who does uh, has gone back to the beginning? Um, I think that is one they replayed. I went back and picked a few, um, but then I I wasn't I was a new mom when I started listening. My daughter was an infant, and I had some time, but I didn't have a ton of time. So I did not go back. I have not listened to every episode. I have listened to every episode since September of 2010 okay. um, and a handful of the ones prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly though, the ones that they've replayed at different points. So that's a long way to answer yeah. that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a lot of episodes. Um, and why does TBTL matter to you? Um, well, like I mentioned, I was a new mom when I found TBTL, and I had a lot of complications on the birth of with the birth of my daughter. One of which was that I lost um, my sight, and for a long time, for many months afterwards, I had very, very limited vision, and I still remain legally blind. But at that time. The world was very dark and scary, and I was a new mom and had all these health issues, and all anybody in my life wanted to do was take care of me and ask me how I was, and I was sick of it. (laughs) And by September, that it had been like four months of being coddled and taken care of, and I was over it. And every night, I would put on my headphones and listen to... listen to TBTL and I would feel like I was having an adult conversation Mm. about stuff that interested me. And it's the, and then I discovered that's the 10 community, the tens community, the stens for a while. I never could figure out the video chat (laughs) feature. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I ever really, I think I watched a couple episodes, but I didn't um, participate very often on that. Um, but just the online, the Facebook community and like, oh, a great community, like people that like minds that were not asking me how I was doing all the time. <laughs> so that's what I needed. You know, Christy, I will attest to that in some way. I mean, what, I don't know when this episode is going to air because we're getting a little bit ahead, uh-huh. but, um, but anybody who listens to this show knows that uh, my wife has gone through some some health problems. Yes, and and uh, you know she gets a lot of that too. You know, um, I'm always taking care of her. People want to take care of her, and during the whole thing, everyone is always asking me how I'm doing, and they want updates on how she's doing and that. And you find yourself just longing to hear about someone else's life you know absolutely like like i'll just give a real short answer like oh yeah emily's doing good i'm doing good what are you doing exactly (laughs) you're so sick of talking about yourself and um 
and as a narcissist who, you know, that's why I identify with Luke, I'm very rarely sick of talking about myself. <laughs> Me too. But, Me too. But um, you do, you just get so wrapped up in that. And and, and people are so wonderful yeah. and caring and they want to help. But you're going to be like, no, what, can we talk about pop culture for a minute? Can we right. talk about the disaster that is Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> which was happening yes. around that time? <laughs> and, you know, and everyone's like, why do you want to talk about that? There's so much bigger things going on than over it. Yeah, because you can't possibly think about, you know, your problem or your spouse's problem 24 hours a day because you'll go crazy. Yes, you know? it makes you want to, you know, kill yourself or something. Right. Right. <laughs> it's so depressing. So right. um, TV, it would often days, it would be the first time I'd smile and laugh out loud all day long. And that mm -hmm. that was really, I don't know, something special at that time. So and I met some super awesome people over the last six years, five years. So, well, that's probably the best story I've heard for why TVTL matters. Yeah. Did you, so you've been to events then, like the thousand show at Joe and Mike's. Yep. And I went to the live um, events in Chicago oh. uh, in May of 2011, both shows there. So you've met um, everybody then. I have. I um, I met Robin and Justin from Denver. They sat directly in front of us and stood in front of us in line, and we became quick friends. And that's um, the Macaulays had arranged a meetup mm -hmm. prior to the live events, and so I got to meet a bunch of people there. And Joellen and Mike, you know, we're, we've become quite good friends, and I'm trying to figure out how I can boycott family Thanksgiving and go celebrate <laughs> um, the 2000th episode with them <laughs> instead. Yeah. So um, since I can't make it to Seattle, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the live events in Chicago was my first trip by myself, even though my husband, my husband did come with me. Um, actually the, the thousandth show was my first trip solo trip after losing my vision and traveling as a visually impaired person to go to Chicago, um, you know, flying by myself, all that stuff. Like it was not, shouldn't have been a big deal, but it felt like a big deal. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And what, Chicago, I mean, Chicago is only five hours from Detroit, so it's not a big, not a, not a far drive. What does your husband think about all of this? Well, he, he's a good, he's a good 11. And at try as I might, I've tried to turn him into a 10 over the years and he's, he is not having it. It's just not his cup of tea, yeah. but he, he came to the live events in Chicago with me. He did stood and watched karaoke at Alice's lounge until two thirty in the morning and had, and, you know, did it all relative with a relative smile on his face. And, you know, Tonight he bought me a bottle of Chateau Saint Michel, so I could have a have a drink while I'm chatting with you guys. So I was gonna ask uh, Christy, isn't this like the final indignity for him to suffer for you to go on a podcast about that podcast? <laughs> um, it sounds like he's taking it well. He takes it very well. He he he's a good man. He want, he likes to see me happy, and he knows, as he calls it, this ridiculousness makes me happy. So good. good. He's 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 a good. Um, supporter of it all but, but he is not a 10 <laughs> see wise do you have anything else uh for christy before we get into the clip no i think i'm ready i'm very anxious to talk about the clip all right bad babysitters it's episode 888 
And what's interesting about this, not only the subject matter, but we have two guests on the show to discuss bad babysitters on 888. And that is Andy Haynes and his, and his newly fianced, mm-hmm. uh, Alice Wetterland. And we all know how that turned out. So they were, they were, they were delightful and they were, they were fun together. And you just thought those kids were going to make it. Um, so let's just pretend while we're listening to the clip that they did make it and they're still married. <laughs> that they lasted uh, a year to their first anniversary. Right. Let's pretend or at they least they still minute. had their good banter, you know, right. that they had back then. <laughs> right. Right. But uh, I think anyone who follows uh, Andy on Twitter or Facebook knows that that didn't, <clears throat> didn't go so well. But um, the, uh, the the clip is about bad babysitters. Uh, Luke will tell a story on himself. Jen tells a story on herself, <laughs> and then there there are um, there are listener stories as well, which are some of them are read by Andy and Alice. Um, I'm not going to set it up any more than that. So um, if this is you, future C wise, roll the clip right now. All right. So we are now at the bad babysitting portion of today's show we kind of explained it at the top and because it's a podcast there's almost no chance that you just started listening to this so i don't know if i really need to reset the situation but this was based on uh on a a listener email that we got and uh jen you you started thinking about this and you couldn't have been more right that probably every listener in our audience at some point was roped in to doing some babysitting well, and the other thing is that um, our listeners, uh, this is something we talk about on our show a lot, but a lot of us carry a lot of shame mm-hmm. and a lot of guilt sure. about stuff that has gone on in our life. That's and the so, piece of dirt at the middle of this snowball that is TBTL. Yeah. Deep shame. So a, the second part of this is the idea that the act of telling your story, you know, the act of the truth setting you free, like everybody can at the end of this do a huge exhale, mm-hmm. exhale out the shame yeah. and let it go. Yeah. So we were going to kick this off with uh, with a little piece of tape that you've put together. Did you want to um, uh, the, your bad babysitting story? Did we want? Oh well, yeah, but that that tape is just to underscore my my story. Okay. So I. How do you want to start this then? You tell I'll me. I'll tell what my to story. Do. Okay. So do you want me to start? To, should nope. I? Okay. You're going to tell I'll me when to hit you. this play. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So I um, was one of those babysitters who always wanted it to be an event. I was not the kind of babysitter. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, it does not track with the adult <laughs> version of you that I have been working with for 888 shows. I always wanted it to be this huge event that they would always remember. I was not the kind who said, go watch TV. I'm going to read a book. I would come up with these huge things. My favorite one, and this is not my bad story, but just gives you an idea. My favorite thing to play was we're in the bottom of a boat that has had a typhoid outbreak. And so I would get all the kids together in a closet and shut, shut us all in mm-hmm. and get them really freaked out about how typhoid spreads really fast. And if one of us gets it, then you have, you're, you're dead and you have yeah. to be thrown overboard. And then as the kids would kind of lose interest in the story, I would carefully open the door and then push one of them out and close the door. And then they'd be like, let me back in. And, and I had built it at that point to the point that they actually thought they had typhoid. Mm. And I'm like, no, you can't get back in. You'll spread it. So this that, isn't the bad story. No. <laughs> this was you being no, a good was, babysitter. That was a beloved game. Do we want typhoid to talk to boat. a lawyer before we? <laughs> <laughs> the bad story starts with, um, so my mom was on a bowling league and they were going out to celebrate. Did they play at Sunset Lanes? Sunset Lanes. So they were going out R.I.P. to celebrate. We'll meet you at the crossroads, <laughs> Sunset Lanes. Boom. And I was left with um, all the kids. And it, I think it was three kids. And my mom had this 
this rule, which to this day I think is a super cool rule, and I, I would say use it, which is that anything we found in her pocket we could keep. In any pockets of her clothes, we could keep. And so- <laughs> Wait, it's still active? Yeah, what, that, there's a real question of when could you go into the pockets, right? Yeah. So anytime that my sister and I wanted to ride our bike to Food Town, we would go through my mom's, like, all of her coats in the coat closet and stuff looking for change. And we could usually come up with a couple bucks for change, and we would ride our bikes to Food Town. So this night, my mom left to go and left me with these kids, and she went off to the Celebrate. And I wanted to do something really fun with these kids. And so I said, let's – so I decided to utilize my little army. And so I said, everybody spread out, go into all the closets in my mom – all the closets in the house, including my mom's bedroom. Like, let's go through everything and get all the money we can, and we're going to have, like, this huge, awesome party. So everyone did it, and somebody found a $20 bill. Mm. And so then I was like, we're not having a party. We're going downtown. I have no permission for this. I have not asked anyone. I'm like, we're going downtown. We're gonna you mean downtown Ballard? Downtown Seattle. No. Oh, my God. Whoa. No, let's walk to the 17. So we, I get the kids together. We walk to the 17. We take the 17 into downtown, and I take them to the movies. And the movie that when I looked in the paper looked – and I'm 14. It's 19 – in uh, 80, 88? Yeah. Yeah. 80, 86. 80. Anyway, I'm 14 years old. And the movie that looked good to me was a movie starring Farrah Fawcett called Extremities. <laughs> and this is just a little bit of the trailer. Daddy, mommy said lunch is ready. Be right there, baby. He is a hunter. <laughs> he is waiting for just the right victim. Actually, I have just the right it. moment. <laughs> it happens every day. Without a description, even if we do get Prince, it still comes down to your word against his. He has my wallet. He knows where I live. Can you give me some protection? You call, and we'll be there. It happened to Marjorie. <laughs> what she did to survive is nothing compared to what she'll do to get even extremities <laughs> i'll always like think of extremities movie. as an alfrey woodard vehicle <laughs> but that's just me so this is a film about a woman farrah fawcett who gets attacked by a man and he also steals her wallet and she can't get any protection from the police and she keeps saying he knows where i live and they're like well just call us so he ends up breaking into her house but she is able to spray this hairspray in his eyes Mm -hmm. and she is able to tie him up and trap him inside her fireplace behind the grate and then torture him for what he did man she did a lot of those movies because she did the burning bed yeah Yeah. and granted she was always pushed to it but (laughs) then once it was time to exact revenge she didn't have no qualms about it did the faucet i think it's weird that we said r.i.p to sunset bowl but not farrah faucet well R.I.P. Farrah Fawcett. I spent some of my most important childhood years inside one of those two things. Sunset Bowl, that sounded gross when I said it that way. I just mean it was an important part of my childhood. Sunset Bowl. That's right. Um, So what was the effect on these poor children? Because that's – I mean you you say that the typhoid boat was like a fun time. But one of the things for me as a kid that was very destabilizing was I was scared of like everything. (laughs) Like getting typhoid and getting raped by a guy who just got done raping Farrah Fawcett. Like these were things like if you injected that thought into my eight-year-old head, it was like, well, that's probably happening to me. (laughs) 
So were they traumatized by this? Yes. And that was the worst part was, first of all, I can't believe that I was able to get all these kids into this rated R movie. (laughs) That's the weirdest part about it. But, you know, Seattle was a a simpler time back then. (laughs) It was a simpler, rapier time. So they, some of the kids were kind of whimpering and one kid crawled on my lap and they were kind of crying a little bit. And then, but I still hadn't really, I was feeling like, I was feeling so adult because I was watching this like adult very adult themes and you know, like the oppression of women and how the man doesn't care. And I was feeling like so empowered by the movie and like, Oh, this is great. You know? <laughs> and then we walked out of the theater and the kids were like crying and upset and they were all clinging onto me and like wanting to hold my hand. And I just remember on the bus ride home, they were all looking out the window or looking down and kind of whimpering. And I had that moment where I realized I'm going to have to tell the parents what I did. I'm going to have to explain. I took their kids downtown on a bus. I took them to rated our movie. I took them to rated our movie about rape. And it's, and so then that's when I did the even worse thing, which is that I was obsessed with this, um, TV miniseries called Lace, where these three girls were friends at a boarding school and one of them got pregnant. And when she had the baby, they, they killed the baby and they buried it outside of their, um, boarding school. And then they made a lace covenant that they would never tell which one of them was the mother. And so I was really into lace covenants. I was obsessed with making lace covenants. I was always trying to make them with people. And so I gathered the kids around at the end of the night and I explained that it was a lace covenant and that no one was ever to know. And so I like, and I told them like, it's a covenant, like it's unbreakable. Did they honor the lace covenant? As far as I know. See, that's amazing because one of the big, one of the ways that, that, that babysitting transgressions always end up being found out is the kids are shitty at lace covenants. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you yes. as a babysitter would do some dumb thing or as a kid you would witness the babysitter doing a dumb thing. There would always be the conversation, don't tell your parents. It would be the first thing you told your parents. Yeah. So I'm amazed that these kids actually held up their end of the bargain. They did. Well, they'd been in typhoid typhoid yeah, boats with they, me. They'd you, been through a lot. You'd with been me. through the shit together. Yeah. By the way, if only there had been IMDB at the time, you would have known not to take them to this movie. <laughs> this these I am not kidding you, these are the plot keywords of extremities. Rape, nipple, Fireplace, spit in the face, and face slap. Those are the key. Those are the the plot keywords as listed on IMDb of this film that you took children I to. I love that somebody types in face slap. I know they're like, well, I want to see a movie with face slap. What should we rent tonight? I don't know. How about spit in the face? Anything, fireplace, fireplace. Anything fireplace. with nipple. I'll take anything with nipple. All right, we have had we've we got tons and tons of uh, of, of stories that people sent in. Um, and, uh, we, we've passed these around, uh, to, uh, Andy and Alice, we have to share a copy, I think, but no, we've got we, look at that. Um, so do you, should we just read these in order? Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll read the first one. Uh, and we'll just read a few and then we'll, we'll, we'll go to a phone guest. Um, this person just wants their initials given SC. I was to babysit a two year old and they said she would just sleep the whole time. Uh, what did have me worried were his dogs. Oh, the I'm the dad's dogs, dogs, I guess. Yes, <laughs> but they were to remain in their crates all evening. So I resigned myself to Taco Bell and TV. Unfortunately, after the dad left, they started to bark and bark and bark. Finally, I figured I'd let them out for a little bit, but their barking woke up the girl who started to cry with the dogs wandering around the house. I got the girl from her room and sat her down to play with some blocks in front of the TV. The girl and the dogs both calmed down, and I went back to half watching them and half watching the TV. But after a little while. The girl's blocks caught my eye. They weren't blocks. It was dog poop. <laughs> it was all over her hands, her face. I think she ate some. And the carpet. <laughs> I snatched her up and cleaned her up as best I could. 
Oh, shit. No pun intended. Her dad was supposed to be home soon. I put her in the crib. She started to cry again and desperately corralled the dogs back into their crates. Then using the Taco Bell bag, I scooped up the poop and tossed it in the trash. Literally, as her dad walked through the front door, I really, really hope they didn't notice what was in their garbage. Common theme. Not telling what happened. Yeah. Weirdly, that was the least gross thing served in a Taco Bell wrapper. (laughs) That evening. (laughs) Nice. Thanks. I'll be here all week. (laughs) You uh, you guys want to read the next one? I just don't understand... Poop blocks. Yeah, I'm never what, going like um, SC. D- what's wrong with the dog? <laughs> what's your differential <laughs> skills? What kind of dogs have you had? Like weird. Or what kind of parents dogs? did she have that gave them blocks like that? And she was like, "These are just blocks." And then, oh wait, no, this is also dog poop. <laughs> they weren't like normal hay and mud blocks like I usually have. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys, read one. Okay. Okay. Um, do you want me to read the bold part or just? Uh, I'll, I'll, this person uh, they want they want their name withheld because if some by some small chance their husband is listening they're they're worried about that so then you can just read the part part okay. of that. <laughs> um, this brings up questions about the marriage. Uh, <laughs> when I was about fifteen, my older sister babysat every day in the summer for two boys four and five years old. One day she asked me to fill in. I had almost no babysitting experience, and what I did know from four or five year olds. Oh, and what did I know from four or five year olds? I don't know. While I was inside watching One Life to Live, they were outside playing in the creek, unsupervised. Luckily, nothing serious happened, though I think one might have pushed the other in. I don't think it was deep enough for them to drown, but now that I have children of my own, I am painfully aware of what an unforgivably stupid and potentially disastrous thing this was to do. Another time I was babysitting for a baby, just about a year old. After his parents left, he cried and cried while looking mournfully out the window. I tried everything to get him to stop, and when he wouldn't, I swatted his little innocent bottom. Arg! She's a pirate. <laughs> Please absolve me of these sins. Here's the thing. I mean... That's weird that bo- she brought up the drowning, so... Stories that bother me, like, it just bothers me. It's like, because they don't tell you the most important thing about the story. It's like, what happened on One Life to Live that day? It's like, I'm... <laughs> what a- uh, but but the, uh, the other thing is, I think it's interesting that she's worried that... Presumably, she has she has children of her own. She mentions it in here. She's worried that if her husband was to hear this, that she had once let little kids yeah. play in a creek, he'd put hands on her. He'd come home and yeah. he'd be like, <laughs> "Get out!" You know, I heard marriage, what happened. Marriage on... over. Yeah, children. Pretty... Although this does raise this raises a larger a larger point, which is how much danger children are subjected to because of babysitters because yeah. you are a teenager because you're like yeah play in the creek out back well what i think probably is that her husband is actually one of the chief investigators on the 15 year old billy swiggins drowning case so. <laughs> yeah are you gonna say flash oh i was just gonna say that that's um that watching soap operas while the kids got into all manner of trouble was also a, a really common recurring theme <laughs> let's um let's call up listener rachel and uh and hear her um her situation do we uh, know where rachel hails from forwarded to an automated voice messaging Uh-oh. system uh oh Seven, eight, one, two, two. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who wants to call rachel you know the first six digits of her phone number all right we're going to call listener heidi as a backup um like a you know what? I'm going to try Rachel one more time because I'm wondering if I transpose the numbers. Okay. As I think I it's do. Rachel in New York. Rachel in New York. Okay. 718 would think. 
would make that. Seven eight one. Is it possible? Seven, exactly where she is. Seven one. Eight. I know, but this is written down as seven eight one. Is there any chance? Well, Jen, I copy that's... pasted it, but she could have put it in wrong. You never know. All right, we'll find out no, one more time. Rachel. If she's in New York, it would be seven. That sounds. That is so Raven, and Rachel. Um, let's. You need to turn, turn the down. volume up. Oh yeah. yeah. Seven is not available oh, yeah. mm. at the tone. All right. Should I try to dial it with seven one eight? Sure. Why not? Yeah. I don't know what seven eight one is. It's not even a real place. You got to listen to a ludicrous song. <laughs> <laughs> the dirty, dirty South. The ATL. Hotlanta. All right. Let's try this. Now think about if it's just some poor person in the 718. <laughs> Let's keep him on the line and ask him about babysitting. <laughs> Absolutely. Hello? Uh, hi, is this Rachel? Hello? That's not Rachel. Hi, is Rachel there? <laughs> All right. We're <laughs> Okay, we, well, we really tried. We really did. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Maybe yeah. that guy had some stories. Well, we've got listener Heidi as a backup, and I bet you she has some amazing stories about it. I wonder if she's seen any of the Austrian Schwarzenegger movies. <laughs> That's going to be our follow-up question. Hi, <laughs> uh, hey, it's Rachel. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> Hi, Heidi. I could hear... Oh, hey. I could hear... Uh, us coming out of a speaker at your house calling yeah, the person before the you hi how are you <laughs> i'm good what is your um what's your story of terrible babysitting prowess well apparently i have a few because i was talking to my sister dc 10 vanessa and she was like oh did you tell them the story about when i you know threw up all over and you couldn't deal with it unless you wore a washcloth over your face all night and <laughs> But the one that I remember the most <laughs> was, um, it was one of the first and only times I babysat for somebody in my neighborhood, not just my sister and my brother. And they had a boy who was about eight or nine, I think. I don't even remember their names. But I was really worried because they had a baby, a girl who was probably 10 months old or so. And I was just really worried that nothing would happen to her. So I gave her 100% of my attention. Mm-hmm. And the boy had a friend over, and they decided to start playing catch with a frisbee in the basement. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, basement frisbee, sure. Yeah, I mean, I want to say that I didn't know what they were doing. I wasn't in the same room, but I knew they were playing catch, and I just didn't care. I was so focused yeah. on this baby. We were sitting and playing, and of course, after a little while, I heard a crash of glass breaking, and they had broken uh, a really antique clock that was encased in glass and it was on this shelf and I felt so horrible but the kid (laughs) blamed me immediately when the mom got home he was so afraid of being in trouble Um, I told her what had happened right away because I felt so bad and his first words were she didn't make us stop (laughs) Uh, well I mean legally speaking he probably wasn't I know I I knew that he was totally right I should have just called down the stairs hey you two find something else to do but I uh, I just wasn't really thinking what, about that. Did they them, dock so. your pay? No, I. that's the thing that makes me feel even worse because she just kind of shook her head and she looked so crushed when I told her that this clock was broken because it was obviously an antique and in the family. 
forever. And she just said, I knew that was a really bad place to put that clock. (laughs) And she said this as she was writing out my check. And uh, I just thought it's 20 years ago now. And I still feel really horrible about it. And I don't even remember their name. I would have, I would have, if I were in your shoes, I was a big coverer upper. I remain Mm -hmm. a big, I would, (laughs) I would have like taken the rest of the glass out because one of the things you can do, Heidi, we're going to, um, thank you for the call. We're going to let her go. Cause it sounds like she's in that wind tunnel that she works in. Yes. <laughs> she's the person who she blows tests, the smoke over the Acura yeah, as they're trying to aerod- aerodynamics. Yes. Thank you, Heidi, for, for answering the phone. But I would have taken all of the glass out of the clock and then swept it up. So they would notice for a long time. Yeah. I'd done that mm-hmm. before with like pictures that get shattered, you mm-hmm. know, you just like, cause you kind of walk past things or whatever. And I would just, you know, hope that it got pinned on somebody else. Nice. Good well, enough. we received almost every single letter that we received was from a girl. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And then we received a little audio piece that I was hoping you could play from Michael. And it kind of, I think, explains why a lot of people are uncomfortable having boys babysit their kids. Okay. <laughs> I was in charge of watching two young girls and their father had quite the VHS porno collection. I would send the girls upstairs and told them to play, and I would sit and actually watch. So, yeah, that's uh, that was how I babysat. So I essentially got paid to watch porn. <laughs> so, you know, I think that kind of explains maybe cool. now, why people Now, don't. think about, though, like... It's as an adult, I think maybe a lesson we can take away from these little stories is like as an adult, if you had a teenage boy watching your kids and you found out they were just like watching porn, you would immediately call Chris Hansen from To Catch a Predator. <laughs> you would you would you would take your kids to therapy. You would have the kid who watched the porn arrest. I mean, that would be a mm-hmm. unbelievably upsetting thing. I mean, there would be like the repercussions of that would be enormous. Right. But sometimes a kid watching porn is just a kid watching porn, right? Yeah. But we've yeah. completely – like that's just – like that's – it's not even possible that in this day and age we'd be like, kids. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. sounds like that would have been – I – my story is actually – Michael's story makes me feel much less bad about my bad babysitting story. I was always I, – I, I didn't have to babysit my little sisters that much because I have a sister who's three years younger than me. And so she was you know, at, at after like eight or nine kind of in charge of that. But I did want to make some money – Somehow I got roped into watching these kids that lived across the street, and it was like their mom was like <clears throat> really um, like uh, she was kind of a she was sort of a kind of, uh, like a kind of like a party girl. She was kind of like seemed loose, like she smoked, yeah. and she like dated this like guy who was twenty years older named Wally who worked at the pharmacy that was like at the end of our street. So she had like <laughs> been going there to get like her IUD or something, and then like, hey, what's your story? Uh, and like, then he would always like, I'd see him leave the pharmacy and like go to their house and I'd be like, I know what they're doing. So anyway, I was babysitting them and I was like, much like Michael, my whole goal in life, my raison d'etre, if you will, as a teenager was to see boobs. Yeah. Um, preferably in real life, but that never happened. So at the very least on the silver screen. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, they're definitely going to have, like, we didn't even really have a working TV at my house, let alone anything you know, with nakedness, but I like definitely these people will have, you know, some of that stuff. So these poor kids, I did the same thing. I just like locked them in their room and just went on a mad hunt (laughs) in the basement for something that had nudity. The best I could find was Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze, which I think there's like one half of one second of boob. Laura Dern. 
I don't even remember who it was. I remember Do you know the exact minute, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Skin. Yeah. But I locked them. You know, I like locked them in their room for like an entire Saturday while I watched and rewatched this one scene from Roadhouse <laughs> because it was. And I wasn't doing any. I mean, in, to, in my defense, it wasn't like you know, and not have my pants on or something. I was just mesmerized by the female form, and it was that kind of thing where like I let them out of their room at the end of it. And I was like, yeah, we had a cool day, right? High fives. You know, it's like, <laughs> awesome. Here, I'll, you know, you guys want to have some ice cream or whatever? And I was like, this is the perfect crime. And they lived across the street from my house. The lady gets home. She's like, here's your 10 bucks or whatever. I walk across the street. And when I get to my house, my mom has hanging up the phone. And she goes, what were you watching? A porno at their house? <laughs> the kids had reported it to the mom that I was watching Roadhouse, who had then called my mom. And I was in, in trouble. In the time it took you to in cross the street? 15 seconds. Oh, wow. So I'm so impressed by your, by your kids that had to see uh, extremities with you. <laughs> Those are that's that's some uh, you know some reliable young person behavior there. Uh, Jen, do you want to read one of these emails? Yes, um, this is signed. Uh, this was just kind of funny because so many people signed. Please don't use my name, mm-hmm. but this one was signed proudly, Emily. I like this. One. My friend and I would flash each other our bras in a manner that was timed so that the little boy I was babysitting knew what was going on but never saw boob. Whoa. He did catch us on one flash. And because he was my next door neighbor, I spent the next few years trying to convince him he was crazy. All of that <laughs> became moot, however, when he and my father later witnessed me stripping off all my clothes in a drunken blackout and proceeding to lie down under a baby blanket across my luggage packed for college. Hmm. Proudly, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats, Emily. Yeah. That is. Think about how effed up that is. I know. You're like flashing a kid, but then you you're like, like set up this game where you like he, if he just moved a little bit, he'd see boob, but you're making sure he doesn't ever see boob. But then you miss your choreography. <laughs> and then you like make him think it was all in his mind, or you like lie to the adults. That's like eyes wide shut, babies are just. <laughs> this is a pretty good one from Sherry. I'm the oldest of three. My sister's three years younger than me. My brother, uh, nine. We were latchkey kids before anyone had coined that phrase. While our moms... Isn't it funny how, like... I don't know if you guys grew up as, quote-unquote, latchkey kids, but I grew up as the opposite... What's the opposite of a latchkey kid? Key latch. A key latch kid. (laughs) I was in the key latch kid club, and uh, there was nothing in the world I wanted more than to be a latchkey kid. Because it was just, like... It was just all... Watching Donahue and eating uh, uh, Velveeta cheese singles and just like doing anything the F you wanted. It was awesome. But looking back on it, I don't think I would have wanted to, you know, I mean like now as a grown up, I'm like, oh, what a sad thing for my friend Andy Enstrom. Because when I left, he was just there with his thoughts and his world (laughs) wrestling that he was watching. He did write a wonderful novel though. He did. He did. So anyway, she said they were latchkey kids before that phrase even existed. Our mom sold real estate, and while she did so, I was left in charge. My sister was impossible to control. She did whatever she wanted and was so defiant. My brother, on the other hand, was malleable. I discovered that I could uh, get um, her to work with me if we did something that we shouldn't. So she would sort of enlist her sister on doing bad things. That led us to Leona. The name we called my little brother Lyle when we dressed him up as a girl and paraded him around the neighborhood oh, as our little sister. Sometimes we, we went too far. Um, sometimes we went too far, and everything went well, no problems. No, and oh. people knew it was a farce. Oh, sorry, I have, I'm having page page problems. And people sometimes when people knew it was a farce, uh, mom's heels on a little quote girl were a dead giveaway. Uh, eventually. 
we arrived at a look that was a good disguise. Mom's strawberry blonde wig, this was the early 70s, and my yellow top with the elastic waist as a dress for him and bare feet. Uh, he is currently at a truck stop in Piscataway, New Jersey. Oh. But, Sherry, I want to say that... Having sex with the truckers. You know, I she should feel part. partially responsible for him winning the um, latest season of uh, Drag Race. <laughs> I was going to go with Project Runway, but all right. Drag Race will do. Isn't that the cross-dresser one? Yeah. Drag Race? Yeah. I just mean, he definitely... That kid is definitely not straight. That's what we need a follow-up file on. Right. That would be a is really... Lyle straight? That should be submitted to... You know, like uh, like the University of Washington Health Department, you know, sexual behaviorism program. Behaviorism? <laughs> that's not even a word. <laughs> Behavioral program? Like, that's nature versus nurture, right? That's the ultimate, yeah. like, test. Can you turn your Can you turn someone gay? gay? Because, <laughs> yeah. although people will email us and say cross-dressing is not necessarily yeah. the same yeah, thing as being gay. Because my sister which is dressed me up a lot as a girl when I was a little boy, and I'm only gay for money. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. So. Okay, so obviously there, there are a lot of different angles to this. Uh, is there another one of I these? I like Anne. That... Alice, can you do Anne? Yeah, the one, I, the sixteen-year-old watching. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sixteen and watching my nine-year-old sister and her friend one evening, because I didn't really do a lot of babysitting, but I had worked as a junior counselor at a church camp. I really only knew two activities to do with kids: Bible study and build campfires. Uh, left to my own devices, I chose to build a campfire in the backyard. After we had roasted some marshmallows, my sister's friend wanted to hear a scary story. We weren't allowed to watch scary movies at our house. I couldn't do a dramatic retelling of any of the Halloween or Friday the 13th movies. So I decided to tell them about the Holocaust. (laughs) (laughs) That is a really scary story. It is. It's the scariest. That's amazing. Um, She probably doesn't think it's real. Do you have her number? No, I'm calling listener Mandy. Later, that, that, uh... That story around the campfire was later adapted into Schindler's List. <laughs> We're calling listener Mandy now. Oh, uh, hi, hi. Hi, Mandy. How are you? Hi. Uh, I'm good. Where Where are you at? Well, I'm driving. I'm in Phoenix. Oh, you live in Phoenix. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Um. Uh. What 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 were your uh, babysitting transgressions? Well, I had three. Okay. Um, I listed them in order of not so bad to what I thought was bad. Okay. We'll be the judge so, of that. What was that? We'll, we'll be the judge of that. And we, <laughs> okay. and we are forwarding this, uh, the tape recording of this to the CIA after this, which is weird because they don't even handle that stuff. It would really be the FBI. So it'll probably just end up on a desk somewhere. Don't worry about it. All right. What okay. are the things you did? All right. Well, the first thing was... Um, I was babysitting these kids across the street, and they were, I was cooking microwave popcorn, and, um, hang on, I'm just pulling over because... Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. (laughs) Try to contain your enthusiasm. (laughs) Okay. So I I was making microwave popcorn, and then one of the kids, who was like a toddler, had to go potty, and... Of course, you know how toddlers are. You have to help them. So I went to help this kid. And meanwhile, I think I had put the popcorn in for like five minutes or something crazy like that because I was like, you know, 12 and didn't know how to make mm-hmm. <laughs> popcorn. And I came out of the bathroom and the whole house was just filled with smoke. It was like 
it was like the house was on fire. <laughs> and I just panicked and like we all went running outside and I called my mom because of course I lived across the street. She came over and tried to help us. If only the, the microwave would have come with a button that says popcorn. Um, <laughs> I guess it's you not know, the future. Wouldn't that have been nice? Someday. I, um, I have a feeling that this was before they did that handy Were feature, the people but... pissed when they got home? Because because that, like, nothing stinks. Like, if you really burn something bad, like smoke, that stuff does not go yeah, away. That's yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Um they acted pretty nice about it. I mean, I think they, I could tell they weren't happy, but they kind of were like, well, you know, okay, what are you going to do? But they never asked me back to babysit again. <laughs> and I heard from another neighbor that they had said it took like weeks for that smell to get out of their house. So pretty sure they weren't too happy about that. Okay. So uh major smoke damage to a house. That's not, yeah. that's not great. And this is only the beginning. What was number two on the greatest okay. hits? Number two was I was babysitting a baby and the brother Put was in like, the microwave for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I was a kid. Right. The babysitting on the microwave. Yeah, they have this now. <laughs> they have it now. <laughs> so um, we were watching a movie. It was like, so the, the brother was uh, probably like three or four and then there was the baby. We were watching a movie, and I put the baby on one of those, like, cushioned ottomans, you know, mm-hmm. with the in front of the couch. And I remember thinking when I put the baby on there, like, boy, I hope this baby doesn't fall off this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, then I thought, no, I don't think he can roll over yet, so I'm fine. Um, <laughs> so, you know, cut to the baby somehow, and I don't know how I missed it either because I was sitting right there, but somehow the baby managed to fall off the ottoman and land like directly on his brother's head and then they both were screaming and I was like freaking out you know that I had damaged the baby damaged the brother but once they stopped crying they seemed to be generally okay so I was like whoo so the real thing that I did that I felt bad about here was I didn't say anything about this to the parents Mm. Okay. And so, have you ever? Um, I've done this before. Have you ever hurt a baby on accident and then acted like I don't know what their deal is? Yeah. Like I mean, mm-hmm. I've been like carrying a baby and like you bump their head, like accidentally you bump them into a like a shelf yeah, or something, yeah, or you, and then, they, and then they start freaking out, and then you have to either say, "Oh yeah, I just brained your baby a little bit," or you go like, "I don't know, <laughs> yeah. babies be crazy." Yeah. I always go with babies be crazy. <laughs> carrying somebody's baby one time and they they started crying cuz like they they hit their head on something very not that hard it was like <laughs> it was like a, one of those edges of furniture that's like Nerf cushioned furniture. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, like, the baby totally started crying, and I was like, come on, baby, like, that's not that big of a deal. So I told the parents, and they were like, whoa, give me that baby back. And I'm like, you couldn't do better. That was your mistake. You should have gone with babies be crazy. I should have done that. All right, Mandy, what, what, was, your, what was your worst uh, babysitting decision? Okay. The worst was, and this is the one where I'm actually, like, irrationally afraid that these people are somehow going to hear this and then know. Believe me, it's I- irrational. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the download numbers. <laughs> So um, I raised that these other two brothers, it's funny because these are all like brothers, but they were not the same brothers in any of these stories. Um, I babysat them regularly. And so, you know, we were pretty relaxed with each other. And they were going to ride their bikes out front in the cul-de-sac. And I had been told that it was okay for 
them to ride their bikes as long as they stayed in the cul-de-sac. And, you know, I could watch them out the window. I didn't have to, like, sit out there and bake in the sun. Mm-hmm. So I was in the li- living room. Oh, because this and, was in Phoenix? Yeah, in right. Phoenix. okay. And I realized that the timing of this was, like, actually serendipitous because at the time I was, like, probably 12 or something. I was obsessed with watching Days of Our Lives. Hmm. And it was, like, it was kind of similar to how your parents were with TV, Luke, like, we weren't allowed to watch it, and so soap operas were especially, like, hoo-hoo-hoo bad, you know? Right, right. So I was really into it, and so whenever I could sneak a soap opera, specifically Days for Our Lives, I was like, all right, let's do this. So it was that time, and the kids were out riding bikes, and so I, I was like, okay, I can watch this, and no one will know. Except the TV was in the other room, not in the room with the window. So I was kind of running back and forth, between the TV and the window whenever there was a commercial break. And at one point, I came back to the window, and they weren't there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went running out the door and calling their names, running down the street, and they weren't responding. And, I mean, in the time it took me to, you know, run to the end of the cul-de-sac, I was already in my mind just, like, imagining having to tell their parents, like, I'm so sorry. I lost your children. A, I don't know a dingo probably... ate your baby. <laughs> what? A dingo ate your baby. Yeah. Exactly. You immediately went to that status. Yeah, exactly. They were kidnapped, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know where they who. I don't know what the car looked like because I was watching Days of Our Lives. So I got to the end of the cul-de-sac. They were in the neighbor's yard playing. Thank God, and I was just like. So freaked out, but so relieved. And wait, that was the worst thing you did. That wasn't. That was. I think yeah. burning the popcorn definitely the worst. <laughs> it had to scrub down the walls, mm, causing the brain damage to the brain baby. damage to the baby. He was already going to be stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that that you know, one. I think that that one was the, the best. I think that was the least shitty babysitting you did. I'm not going to say any of it was great. <laughs> well, you yeah. were doing something called parenting. Yeah, you know, that's a good perspective. <laughs> That's a good perspective because I was, I guess I was going off of like the potential catastrophe where like two kids getting kidnapped by a stranger, that seems like so much worse than smoke damage. But yeah, the smoke damage was actually real, whereas right. kids didn't actually get kidnapped. So right. maybe right about this. Right. The the van that had the, uh, you know, the windowless van that was going to pull up and take those kids away never materialized. Yes. Exactly. So you it was only ever in my imagination. Don't beat but yourself up over that one. You, you let go of all that guilt. Do you have kids now yourself? No, I don't. But I, I am don't. trying. So <laughs> keep your fingers crossed. Don't that try I'm a better too hard. Mom. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're gonna you're gonna be great, Mandy. Um, Thank just you. don't just don't let them listen to TBTL when they're young, because <laughs> that has actually been shown to be one of the things that most stunts yeah. early childhood development. The okay, and popcorn Einstein. smoke. Yeah. Okay, thanks Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for calling. Bye. We did a show recently, one of these shows, where Jen talked about her shame of leaving her friends at the Spaghetti Factory mm-hmm. before they really threw their party for her to go meet a junior hockey player in Seattle, who, and it didn't even work out, and how much shame she felt. And that show was... It aired right around, right around in the era that this show aired. Mm-hmm. So Jen was really getting some things off her chest there for a while. Yeah. Cause her babysitting story was, was 
probably I would say it might have been the worst one. What oh, do you guys think? It's pretty bad. It's terrible, <laughs> but very gen like. What was the name of the movie? Extremities. Extremities. Ex- have you seen it, Mike? I have not, but I did look it up on IMDb. It's pretty and terrible. It, it basically, I mean, the one the one liner there is a woman um, gets revenge on a man who tried to rape her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I am going to see it. So I'm, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely be checking it out because I do like adult movies. It's one but. of those lifetime Saturday movies that they play now. I mean, compared to what's out now, it's bad. I still wouldn't let a little kid watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she owned up to it. Um, but they talked about a lace covenant, and mm-hmm. I even looked that up. I couldn't find it. What is a lace covenant? I don't know. It feels like it's probably something from one of those old timey books that she likes to read, like Sense and Sensibility that I uh-huh. never got into. I kind of thought it was like um, if you became blood sisters or blood oh. brothers. Did you ever do, did people ever do that when you guys grew up um, where you would make Prick a promise by like pricking yeah. your finger together and mixing blood? Mm-hmm. Very unhealthy, unsanitary. <laughs> and that was before AIDS. It was. Yeah. It was definitely before AIDS. <laughs> but um, I kind of thought it was like that, just, you know, or pinky swear would yeah, be the, like, the milder version of it. Um, but I never heard of an actual lace covenant. Did you do no. anything terrible as a babysitter? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I babysat a lot when I was um, in middle school and then in high school. Um, probably the worst that I ever did was um, I ran up a $150 phone bill <laughs> at the house that I was babysitting at. Were you calling 900 phone. lines? No, I oh. wasn't. But we lived just outside of in a different area code than all of my friends. We lived in 586 area or 810 area yeah. versus a different area code and um all my friends had so it was long distance yeah and i was at the time when i was babysitting i was probably grounded from the phone at my house which is why i wanted to use the phone at, while right. i was babysitting even though mm. the kids were sleeping and they were they were fine as you know in the evening but um over two two weekends i think i babysat them like three times in two weeks and it was 150 dollars. did you have to pay Um, it back um i had to pay them back in free babysitting (laughs) for months and they did not like me after that they didn't trust me they would ask me a whole bunch of questions and it was it was not comfortable i was mortified and then you're in their indentured servant for way too long probably I think it was like eight weeks oh my that I had to, I had this, what it, it took. I mean, this was like 1994 or something like that. So I was probably only making five bucks an hour. This is how they used to get you with that long distance. They I would get once you. stayed at a hotel in, uh, in Daytona beach and I called my best friend Hedegaard and we talked, we were talking all night cause we hadn't talked in a long time and he was still, like up in Seattle or he was down in San Diego. I can't remember, but long distance. We talked all night and it was like $180. Oh 
on my hotel bill. Uh, so I had to rob an extra sporting goods store that weekend. <laughs> Just to pay the hotel bill. Right. Just to pay the hotel bill. Well, and do do you guys remember that? That's something that kids these days will never have to know the pain of. No, unlimited calling and texting. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You would. Yeah. We never. I mean, you had to know what area code someone was in, and then you couldn't mm-hmm. talk. You would just be like, "Okay, call me back," or, um, you know, do the scam like Luke would do. But they don't have to. Do you guys this the calling is, collect? This is the way they'd get you earlier. This is Mike's thing, is they always get you, you know. They <laughs> when we first got the internet, AOL dial up, the number was long distance. So we were being charged a minute mm. for every minute you were on the internet plus oh, the long distance. And man. I think and I had an online boyfriend in Detroit and I think we got a five hundred dollar bill. Oh, yeah. um, the same thing was the, not the online boyfriend in Detroit part, but the, um, the long distance for the AOL dial up was the same. Um, and my parents actually got the internet and then canceled it after one month saying it was too expensive. Mm-hmm. And we'll wait till we'll wait till we have a local number to call. Yeah. That was such a scam. Yeah. They're in cahoots. Yes. One of the perks of, or I guess not perks, um, of living in the boonies where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. Living on the outskirts of town. So Christy, so did the, you have any babysitters that were bad to you? Yeah. I do actually. I remember um a neighborhood girl. She was probably like fourteen or fifteen. And I'm the oldest of three kids. My sister is just a year younger than I am. And then my brother's five years younger and Tabitha was her name. She would come and watch us very, very rarely. My parents never went out. Um, but one of the times she came and I was complaining that my stomach hurt and my head hurt and she just wouldn't, she didn't, didn't want to hear it. And she put my brother to bed. He was probably about two at the time, put him to bed at like, 5 30 at night <laughs> and um she was just like and then stick him up there and then let him cry it out till he finally fell asleep it was awful because she just didn't want to deal with the baby and um she made i was complaining that my stomach hurt and she made us eat dinner and it was spaghetti and meatballs and my parents never made me eat the meatballs i just was an early adopter of anti-meat mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and um she like was forcing me to eat the food and I turns out I actually had the stomach flu. I paid her back by throwing up all over the table and all over her. So I feel a little bit like I got my revenge, Yes, that's. (laughs) but she never came back after that. So, so she was the worst. So there were a lot of stories. I'll I'll cover some of them here. Uh, poop blocks. That was one of the stories. (laughs) Uh, the kids having a party down in the creek, unsupervised, that is a nightmare yes. for me. I'd rather kids play with the poop blocks than be face down in a creek. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was cringe-inducing. Yeah. Um, I have one here It says wrong number, but I can't remember what that one was. Um, they were trying to do call makers. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and they couldn't get them. And they tried it like 15 different ways. <laughs> yeah, it was a very glitchy show. If you go back to the beginning of the show, we're, we only played it from the Bad Babysitters. But if you go back to the beginning, Jen had a segment 
that uh, didn't really work because Luke couldn't load it or it was the wrong thing. So they uh, they were embarrassing themselves technically that day. Um, but uh, oh yeah, the, the, the wrong number. The guy sounded really disoriented, and and it certainly wasn't uh, the <laughs> girl they were trying to call. Um, there was a story where um, the kids got put in the basement. I think. Oh, and they broke something. Mm-hmm. Right. It was yeah. They broke that, a lamp. That wasn't or, that bad. Kids break stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're playing no. frisbee mm-hmm. indoors, and they broke something. Eh. But then Luke told his story about how he <laughs> locked the kids up and then went on a porn hunt, uh, and was only able to find Dirty Dancing. There is one really quality Roadhouse s- not sex. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, there's one quality scene in there. If you're a little boy, he claims he wasn't doing anything. He was just watching it. And then by, then by the time he got home, the kids had somehow heard through the doors or whatever and ratted him out. So, but what i the larger point I wanted to make is if you're still, if you insist on using 12, 13, 14 year old babysitters, you don't get what use you, boys. You get what you pay for. <laughs> don't use boys. Cause I know all I was thinking about at that point. So, you know, Think about think about it, uh, parents of America. What what were you like when you were twelve, thirteen, or fourteen? And and if the answer is you were a perfect little kid, let me tell you something: you were a special snowflake because the rest <laughs> of us were doing were doing bad stuff, and we're gonna do bad stuff whether your kids around or not. So just don't do it. No, especially no boys. But I don't. I mean, the, well, even the snooping thing, so looking for porn. I mean, I was a big time snooper as a babysitter. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's amazing what you can uncover when you just look behind sure. some cabinets and stuff. And sure. I, you know, I I was probably about twelve or thirteen when I found a stack of Playboys that my neighbor had had next door. And I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> so confused. Well, see, see, wise, you're still a snooper to this day, right? A snooper. Hmm. Yeah. Aren't you a snooper when you go over to the house sit or you No, you know, that's go. Jeremy. I here's oh, what okay. here's what I think about that. You you think you want to know, but you don't want to know. Right. Exactly. I've learned my you really lesson. don't want to know. Yeah, especially if you like the people. Don't snoop. Right. You know, if you don't like them, it's way more tempting because right. you want to find some more dirt on them but yeah if you like them just let them exist in your mind the way they are don't don't go right. looking for dark i've seen some stuff and i don't want to I, you can't unsee <laughs> right <laughs> right so um one thing i wanted to make sure to mention one thing that totally caught me by surprise and i called out for emily when it happened she wrote into the show <laughs> that she was did. my favorite one too um she what she her and her friends <laughs> mimi uh Emily would be babysitting her friend Mimi would come over and this little boy really liked them and they teased him by every time he turned his back they would flash each other their boobs not boobs like bras (laughs) and it drove the kid crazy because he kind of knew what was going on and he he couldn't get a look and I guess one time he did kind of get a look and then he told on him and they said he was crazy or something I I don't (laughs) I don't want to know this stuff about Emily because yeah. she's my moon and stars, the love of my life. I don't want to know how mean she was to to little kids she was babysitting, but um it wasn't the worst story by far, but it it didn't it didn't put her in the kindest light. Well, see, I I don't know your wife very well, 
at all, really, Mike. <laughs> I only know her from the internet and from at the episode she just recorded. But mm-hmm. I, I can see her doing this. She's a little mischievous. <laughs> yeah, you're like, right. I was, I was not surprised when I was like, oh, Emily, of course she would of do that. Of course she did that. You know, I d- I it's don't just one of those things girls did sometimes. Like, it was yeah, it like was just the way that they showed power, I guess. I, I don't falter on that part. My favorite part was, and I need to know more, is there's just too much in the, the last part is, so she's passed out on her suitcases with a baby blanket <laughs> on her way to college. Like, how did she get drunk? Was she day drinking? Was it night? Why were her suitcases outside? Where did the baby blanket come from? There's too so many you're questions. Saying, Christy has questions, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. You can't just drop a story. You can't just drop half a story like that and then walk away. Yeah, that's the better part of the story. And I'll let her tell it next time she's on because it's pretty good. Well, so what I loved also is that she said proudly Emily and everyone else is like, please don't use my name because I don't want people to judge me. Okay. You were 12 years old and you were a terrible babysitter and now you're 40. Get over it. Yes. I don't understand why people are a little paranoid about it. Still. And it doesn't make you a bad. A bad parent. A million other things makes me a questionable parent, but not that I was a bad It made you so. a terrible babysitter, but like I said, you get what you pay for. I was a 12-year-old And really babysitter. good at spotting bad babysitters now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I babysat a Mormon family of six. One from, she was 10, and then the youngest was a newborn baby, and they had trusted a 12-year-old. That's their bad. Oh that's on them. Well, hey, just put the baby on the ottoman. Nothing could go wrong. Just put the baby on the ottoman and walk away. Um, I've actually done that with my kid <laughs> when, when she was a baby. Um, it was the bed, which is um, the same height as our ottoman. We have a low bed. And she totally rolled right off. Mm-hmm. It had never rolled over before. But that moment, she yeah. fell off the bed. It happens. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> is what I keep telling myself, right? Right. But, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, burning burning microwave popcorn is a bigger sin than almost anything that I heard. Yeah, that's when you just episode. burn the house down and just walk away. Yeah. Get a new house. Because <laughs> it's, it's too embarrassing to say that you burn popcorn when the instructions are right on there. Right there. Well, and also, and it's maybe even a button. Yeah. Yeah, they, there's some. <laughs> Some have buttons. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now they have the buttons, right. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, What else about this episode? Either one of you have anything on this? Um, Leona is a story that I related to having a younger brother growing up and a, and a sister. <laughs> or, what's his name? Leo? What was his real name? <laughs> Leon? Leo? They, Leon, they would dress him up and... Parade him around the neighborhood as Leona. Oh God! Um, big sisters can torture their little brothers, and thankfully, mine has forgiven me <laughs> for some of the things we used to put him through. But um, we would absolutely dress him up and pre- make him pretend he was a girl. He had beautiful eyelashes. That's how I learned how to pl- apply mascara. Oh. Was practicing on my little brother. I like it. <laughs> so, Mike, did you? You had. You were the youngest. Did your siblings mm-hmm. ever? dress you up no um my sister is 10 years older than me so her torture was was focused on my older brother who's five years older than me 
And uh, my brother being five years older than me had no interest in me other than someone to beat mercilessly. So <laughs> there was, there was no, there was no gender bending going on. Or <laughs> nothing like that. It was just me, me taking some lumps. So you have anything else on this CYs? Um, let's see. Mike, do you, did you ever babysit? Do you have any terrible stories? No, no, I didn't babysit and I don't much remember being babysat. Um, I think cause you know, because of the age differences and all that, by the time I came along, I'm absolutely sure I was a mistake baby because my parents hated each other <laughs> uh, by the time I came along. And they're relatively um, they older, were, right? They, they, no, they weren't that old. I mean, they were really, they were only 28 when they had me because oh. they had my sister when they were 18, but that they were completely, um, mostly, I guess, un, uninterested in parenting by the time I came along. So, uh, it was just, you know, fending for ourselves and that's all right. It's better than having a bad babysitter is, a, is having an indifferent older brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a lace covenant with my sister, so I would have to watch <laughs> my sister every day after school. We were latchkey kids. So she was four, started off at four and I was nine. Um, and then all the way up through elementary school. But we did do a thing where I would let, if I did something wrong, I would let her hit me as hard as she wanted to. Like, go ahead and hmm. hit me hard as you want to or swear. I would let, she would basically get to do whatever she wanted. And that was one time, mm-hmm. we, you know, famously, we would dance to the TV theme songs. We had choreographed dances. Right. And there, I was trying a new move in which I picked her up by her feet, her ankles, and swung her around, <laughs> uh, you know, no. helicopter style. And she was probably inside the house. Inside the house, of course. Of course. Um, oh my God. And the streetlights were on, Mike. We couldn't go outside anymore. Um, and, <laughs> She probably was, I mean, we were close and we were like four, four years apart. And I probably wasn't strong enough to be doing that. And she slipped Mm -hmm. and she flew into the couch just at the right angle and her head broke open. Like it actually cracked. And you know, head injuries bleed a lot. Yes, they do. And she had blonde hair. So her hair was just like red and it was matted. And I talked her into not telling our parents that that happened. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. That reminds me of that Friends episode, the Monica Bang, Monica uh, Bang. episode. <laughs> and the, and that's where Luke would say, "Babies be crazy." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. right. Well, why, Chrissy, uh, see why? Why does your uh, why is she wearing a duck hunter's cap? Why, <laughs> what's going on with her? Well, there was a lot of like not really attentive parenting, maybe going on that I could explain oh, it yeah. away. Yeah, a box of wine will explain away a lot <laughs> to your mom. <laughs> Just pour a big red solo cup, you know, yep. and uh, put her to bed. Yep. All right. Well, um, I guess we're ready to put this one to bed. If you want to get involved, uh, just like Christy Landefeld did, you can go to littleredbandwagon.com and fill out the form. Um, we are really powering through a lot of episodes right now, a lot of entries. So, there's a good chance if you get in now, we will get to you. Uh, go to the Facebook page. You can see us working our magic on the Stens page. Ours is usually the pinned post, and we are always on there commenting. Or you can go to our page, which is a much more pleasurable and curated experience. <laughs> our personal Twitters are at Drew McFrizz, at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. 
at rlpape, at dadstronaut, that is a shirtless Jeremy, and at meredith underscore mayhan. Uh, Christy, are you on Twitter? And if so, do you want to uh, shout that out here? Sure, I am. It's at revisions of joy. So R-E-V-I-S-I-O-N-S of joy. No. My my wife's handle is Joy Steeler. Is it somehow related uh related to that? I mean what what's the what's the significance behind Um Joy Joy is my middle name and it's also my daughter's middle name. And I it's the name of my blog also that I infrequently write at. But um just I the idea of redefining your joy. I got what, you. What, what makes you happy? So that's a lot more positive than Emily's message of joy I like, stealer. I love her joy stealer. <laughs> that's so good. I kind of wish I had thought of it first. So, do you, Christy? <laughs> yeah, do you like, want to like plug your um, blog? Do you want people to go read that? Um, they can if they <laughs> want to read a little bit more about how a regular person can have a baby and go blind. Um, it's revisionsofjoy.com. So. Oh, great. We enjoyed, um, we enjoyed you telling that story and how it related to TBTL for sure. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would love to read that. So, uh, our show Twitter at LRB podcast, uh, lately CYS has taken control of that, which means I, um, I get even more ridicule (laughs) than usual doled out by the podcast Twitter. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, voicemail is 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. And uh, Christy Landefeld, thank you so much for doing this. And I owe you a second thank you because we recently got a care package from you full of very thoughtful gifts. And a thank you card is on the way, but um, it did mean a lot to us. I mean, everyone is sending uh, nice things, but but what you sent was very personal and and really, really touched Emily and myself. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. I'm glad you got it. So Um, I wish her nothing but health. Thank you. Things are going well. And uh, C-Wise, I promise that's the last time I'll call you that for a while. Uh, If you want to get us out of here, I'm ready to go. Well, I had a third thank you for Chrissy. She is an owner of stickers and is an archivist. She's a gold star archivist. Oh, Oh. I think I'm probably a silver at best, but thank you for that. Well, what we're calling that now is if you are an archivist, if you have ordered stickers, and if you've been on the show, you're a triple threat. Yes. Now. Wow. Trifecta of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I just have to go after my EGOT and my life will be complete. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, this you got a few more awards to get. <laughs> yeah, this is a little bit more prestigious than an EGOT, but okay. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, and my stickers, I haven't posted the photos yet because I can't get them off my phone. Um, <laughs> but they are currently on my journal. And one of them was on my dog, but she tried to eat it. So I had to take it off before I could take the photo. So, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yep. All right. Until next time, this is the next party. Well, I love you, Jen. And also, uh, Josh, I love that you're such a great 11. Nailed it.